Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. What's up, you guys? Sean Rossap. It is April 15th. It is The List and your boy. This is our flagship news podcast on Fightful.com. I know we have a lot of first-time viewers given the circumstance, and let me tell you, we are going to talk all about it. It will be a little bit of a format change because of the nature of today. It's, quite frankly, the most newsworthy day in the, the wrestling year so far. I am joined by Fightful.com founder Jimmy Van. Uh, usually we do a Fightful Select post-show. The list goes on. I don't even know if we're doing that today, but we got plenty of content up for you anyway. Let's get right into it, Jimmy. There's there's a lot of stuff going on. This might be the most newsworthy show we've ever had. Uh, and, and it's a very Vince McMahon-centric uh, podcast today. And uh, let's start with we're doing this on April 15. And it's funny because I was going to tackle all this stuff about the XFL and these supposed scandals. And we're still going to get to that. But uh, today, news broke. Sean hit me up uh, around lunchtime here at Eastern Time and said, uh, cuts are coming. So tell me the latest you've heard. And I know that things are kind of happening as we're going here. But tell me the latest you've heard with WWE cuts. Well, it depends on what you mean by what have I heard about the latest WWE cuts. Who have I heard has been cut in – what the story was, why they're doing it, well, they're, uh, and they're, then I got some doing questions. It. They're, I actually got eyes on the video in which I was told was buried within the talent app, and they didn't get a notification for it, about really? the call that Vince McMahon conducted. They said he was – I mean, I saw the video. I got my eyes on the video. Um, and it's ultimately to keep their expenses low and keep their stock price up, and the stock prices went up. But I've Is heard, that what he said? No. No. That's, that's what okay. I said, but – Okay. I mean, he's okay. saying he's doing what a lot of other companies have had to do, but no wrestling companies so far have had to do in uh, keeping their expenses lowered, which includes stuff across the board. I've heard of people in IT, heard of producers being furloughed, which is it seems to be the case of what they're doing right now. Uh, talent has not spoken when I've reached out to them. I'm not talking like a, a thanks, a anything. So I don't know if talent has been told not to speak. But right now, as of this moment, 
Kurt Angle, Drake Maverick, Kurt Hawkins, Carl Anderson, Luke Gallows, Heath Slater, Eric Young, Rowan, Sarah Logan, Mike Chioda, Mike Kanellis, EC3, Aiden English, Leo Rush, the Cologne brothers have all been cut according to WWE. This is in addition to several producers, Jimmy. Right, and in case people aren't familiar with the term furlough, it basically means leave of absence. And uh, I had asked Sean uh, off the air about the producers specifically if they were put on a leave or if they were released. Because I look at a guy like Fit Finley, uh, and I don't want to discredit everybody else, but when I look at a guy like Fit Finley, if I'm AEW, given the state of their women's division, I'm on him immediately if they cut him loose. Uh, And he would be a massive loss for WWE long term. So I'd like to know – and I know this is a difficult thing to learn this quickly, but I'd like to know who was released, who was given a, a leave. And I'd also like to know the legality of the leave because usually with a furlough, it's an unpaid leave. Uh, and I don't know the legality of that if, let's say, another employer is willing to come along and offer you paid money and you're on an unpaid leave. They might have a way out too. But Yeah, uh, I, I've reached out to a ton of people and, like I said, not got any response back yet, but I've had NXT wrestlers – that are hitting me up, just terrified, just scared to death of this situation. Uh, a reminder, guys, yeah. if you're if you're new to the show, donate a super chat live on YouTube.com/slash Fightful. We will read your question or statement on the air. Frank Aguilera says, "Did either of you suspect cuts today were a possibility given the current situation?" Thanks for still being on time despite the breaking news. I, the thing is, I always think that cuts are a possibility if WWE gets their head out of their asses about certain things. They've hoarded talent, Jimmy. They've done it for a very long time. Uh, You look up and down this, Gallows and Anderson had offers and, I suspect, talks with every company besides WWE, and they were a last-minute signing. Mike Chioda hasn't refed in a while. Uh, Mike Kanellis is not used. EC3 is not used. They took Aiden English out of the ring and made him a part-time announcer. Primo and Epico are not used. Eric Young are not used. They started to sign people a few years ago to hurt other people. Now yep. the people that they signed are the ones hurting, and that's the yep. that's the unfortunate aspect of this. Well, I have a lot of questions, and some of these I know you can't answer. Um, first and foremost, uh, it first came out. I believe it was from PW Insider. It first came out that people were going to be texted and told uh, where they stand. And from what we hear now, they at least had the courtesy to pick up the phone and make a phone call. Is uh, that correct? Well, that's that's the case with some of the talent that I've heard about. I, I and the thing is, I haven't heard back from those talents, but I've heard they're calling people. But I've also got people that are like, hey, I hope you'll let me know if you see my name. And I'm like, surely you can't think that that's how you're going to find out is from me. Oh, it could but, happen. It could happen. Yeah. And, and uh, I've been told that the text message thing is more about furloughed employees being informed by human resources about what their next move will be. Right. But, like but then again, there's, there's a lot of rampant speculation going on. I mean, that people in this company are very scared, obviously. Their, their way of life in a very uncertain aspect of their lives in the most volatile environment that we have ever known in our lifetimes is, is constantly changing. Yeah, well, I read the press release that WWE uh, put out. Uh, the press release said that staff-related reductions were going to save them about $4 million a month. They also said that they were going to defer spending on their new headquarters, and that is going to help cash flow to the tune of about $140 million. 
uh, I got a lot of questions and I'm scratching my head a little bit. And I'm, I'm thinking that next Thursday's earnings call, unless they decide to postpone it, uh, next Thursday's earnings call is going to be uh, uh, appointment viewing or appointment listening. It's supposed to be for uh, covering uh, Q1 2020 results next Thursday, April 23rd, I think it is. Because and there, there's some things I want to know, and I'm hoping that they're, they're, they address it on that call. Mm-hmm. The first thing I want to know is: Has USA or Fox told us to me or WWE that your, they're your internet rights? connection is absolute dog shit right now? So as far <laughs> as as USA or Fox letting anybody know anything, that has been speculated, but not officially reported. We hear a lot of a lot of oh well, they got to do this, they got to do this, but. Nothing has been officially reported. I have reached out to USA Network and Fox about a plethora of things, and of course they haven't gotten back to me. Uh, I've reached out to virtually every company that I've reached out to specifically about this has not gotten back to me, and I I don't know if it would be in their best interest to get back to me on this. Okay, well, the the next question I want to know, and I apologize if my internet sucks. I don't know why. The only thing I can think of is my kid might have climbed under my desk and unplugged something. <laughs> Otherwise, I don't know what it could be. But uh, I would like to know about the next Saudi show because yeah. uh, they did the last one in February. And if you look at the past history, they typically would do a show every four to six months. That means that the next one would be anytime between June and August if they kept up with that time schedule or that timeline, very unlikely they're going to be doing a show uh, between June and August in Saudi Arabia. And again, maybe it'll be addressed on the earnings call. The reason I want to know about um, if USA or Fox has said they're going to withhold rights or reduce rights, and the reason I want to know about the Saudi Arabia show is because aside from WrestleMania 36, there's nothing that leads me to believe that WWE is making this move because they're in any kind of financial trouble. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, and, and, and this is why these things need to be addressed. It's one thing if you are a restaurateur. It's one thing if you are a hotel. It's one thing if you are uh, – you own like a, you know, a flight booking agency, something like that. The companies that have been impacted by, by this thing, WWE, most of their money is guaranteed. Uh, with especially their U.S. contracts, the U.S. and Fox contracts. When you look at WWE's other revenue streams that would be impacted by COVID-19, like live uh, live event ticket sales, merchandise, network subscriptions, those things are mostly minimal when it comes to where WWE makes their money. Most of their money is made on those rights deals. And so, again, WrestleMania 36 was a hit. I mean, you know, they're, they're probably looking at a good $20 million in, in lost revenue on that. If the next Saudi show is being postponed, they're going to take a financial hit yeah. on that. But unless USA and Fox have told them definitively that we're going to reduce or withhold rights, Brandon Thurston actually uh, from WrestleNomics, he posted this on Twitter, and I agree with him. On the surface, until they come out and say USA and Fox told us they're withholding rights, this looks to me like they did this not because they are losing money or not going to be profitable – it looks to me like they did this because they want to try to meet projections sure, sure. for the for the for the sake of keeping shareholders happy and for the sake of, of having the stock not tank yeah, further pro, than it already did. Pro Wrestling Unlimited says if Fox is going to say anything, they probably would have already because they told NASCAR not to run and they would not send production to racetracks. Now, I mean that that's a little bit different because WWE runs their own production, so I mean it's not Fox putting their own people in danger. It's uh, it's uh, WDB putting their own people in danger. Uh, let me get to some of these super chats, Jimmy. Tim Traver says, great work, Fightful. Really enjoy the videos. Keep up the amazing work. Hey, thank you very much. 
Derek Davis says, thanks Fightful for all you keep doing. I won't be able to watch live because HVAC is essential and I'm working. I'll listen when I drive home. Do you think other promotions will also go through cuts like AEW and ROH? Well, first, uh, Derek, I want to thank you for continuing to work throughout all this, but I don't think that other companies will do this. I don't think AEW and ROH will do this. I No. I don't. No chance AEW is going to do this. No. It'd be, no chance. It'd be a You've major all- PR hit for them. Oh, yeah. They've only been around for six months, and they they had so many, especially of, like, the grizzled veterans already second-guessing, and, ah, they're not going to last, and WWE's too strong. Zero chance that they're going to do this. The, the cons have more money than Vincent Mann does. Sure. So that's not going to happen. Uh, but again, more, I— More super chats, by the way. Dante says, while I don't respect WWE's business decision, I always respected the talent. Best of everyone, let go today. That's what bothers me, Jimmy. As I said at the top of the show, they hoarded talent to hurt other yeah. promotions, and now the people that they hoarded are the ones that are being hurt. Now, I'm sure that there's some sort of financial situation tied to this, but you had people like Gallows and Anderson who signed for 700 k a year. Gallows just moved, or Anderson just moved into a new house in Florida. They could have went anywhere they wanted. And when I say anywhere they wanted, I mean AEW, I mean New Japan, Ring of Honor. And they still probably could, but not right now. This Mm -hmm. sucks. This sucks. And AJ Riddell says, question for both. Who do you think will be the first person picked up and likely destination? People may speculate on AEW for most of them, but surely they don't want to be the place that just takes on released WWE talent. Well, they don't. If you look up and down their roster... When they have people that used to be in WWE, they asked out of WWE from Pac, Dean Ambrose, uh, John Moxley, Cody Rhodes, Brandy Rhodes, uh, Goldust even asked out of WWE, mm-hmm. Harper, Matt Hardy, all those people left of their own accord. Uh, to me, the ones that stand out, EC3, Gallows and Anderson, right out, right off the top, Sarah Logan's going to end up somewhere. There is such a starvation for globally exposed women talent on on Ring of Honor, Impact, AEW, all that. Yeah, I, I think that, I mean, again, I'd like to know who was released and who's uh, on a leave of absence. I think a guy like Finley, I would jump on immediately. The women's division is the weakness of AEW. Uh, and not not saying it's because the ring ring skills aren't necessarily up to par, but they could use a Finley. I, a guy like Kurt Angle. Yeah, uh, I think that if you know TNT can get a hold of a, a former main eventer, a, a WWE Hall of Famer, an Olympic gold medalist, uh, I think that there's definitely stuff that they could do with him. Um, something that really go ahead. I mean, uh, we uh, also have Leo Rush, who I think I, I think the reason they didn't cut him last year is because they would they'd be like handing AEW their their next Rey Mysterio. He's that good in the ring. Yes, and he yes. can talk. When when all the heat was going around about Leo Rush, I would ask people, Jimmy, who was harder to work with, Leo or Enzo? And they said Leo because he's as good as he thinks he is. Yeah. And he knows it. Enzo knew he wasn't that great in the ring and would be like it would kind of reflect that. Uh Justin Lopez says, I would think that Rowan is headed to the dark order. I wouldn't be so sure of that. Kyle S. says, is the club the first to get uh, to main event Mania and then get released? No, they've released several people that have main event Mania in the past. Daniel Edler says, is Lars Sullivan still under contract? Yes, he's recovering from a knee injury. And I, I know that we'll get to the donation a little bit later, so we'll, we'll skip that. But to, to kind of round out the Super Chats, uh, Anakin says, special shout out to Fightful for being awesome. You guys helped me get through my divorce. Sorry to hear that, buddy. 
thank you for everything Fightful's done. P.S. The Funny Clips compilation on Select is great. Sean's reaction to a woman who drank dog pee is priceless. Yes, that was uh, good. For for the thousand people watching live who have probably never seen this show, uh, <laughs> I promise there is context to that comment. Well, you know what? We could talk all day about the list of talent and how a lot of them are underutilized. Uh, and we could talk about how, you know, there was compelling TV waiting to happen with a lot of them. There was money waiting to be made with a lot of them, whether it be Aiden English with Rusev, whether it be uh, Heath Slater with uh, um, Drew McIntyre, whether it be EC3 and Drake Maverick being really tight with Braun Strowman. There's, there's so many stories that could have been told. But one video that I saw today that really kind of irked me and I don't understand was Drake Maverick posted a video in tears, saying that he got the call. And then the real head scratcher, they told him he's got three matches left and he's going to be in the uh, NXT Cruiserweight Tournament. Oh, yeah. I do not, for the life of me, understand how that makes any sense whatsoever because you're going to have the guy in there emotional. He could hurt himself. He could hurt his opponent. You're the viewer watching at home. Do you want to see this guy emotional in the ring? Maybe you're not following the internet, you know, news sites and you don't know what the hell's going on. How do you possibly call a guy to let him know that he's going to lose his job? But by the way, I'll see you tonight at the uh, – how does that make – it makes no sense to me. None. I don't get it at all. It makes no sense to me. Vincent Mann is losing his mind, I think, because yeah, that doesn't make any sense. I'm sure it's been an emotional week for him. Like I said, I got eyes on the video. He didn't look into the camera at all. Like he was, he wouldn't even make eye contact with the camera. It was rough, man. It is a, a weird, weird time for WWE. It's a weird, weird time for Vince McMahon. And I even, I've even said I kind of feel bad for him about the XFL. Oh, thing. I don't. Well, I, don't. I mean, I, I thought they did it the right way. They did it the right way, and it was, it was doing good. And it's very clear they ain't coming back because the TV deals got pulled. It's very clear, and I can't yeah, like, officially that, report I, that. I had talked to you, yeah. But it's yeah. evident. Had, even even my IRL best friend was like, that, that's that got to be why. It's got yeah. to be why. And I feel I had bad. talked to you about that off the air. Now, I, I look at it like this. Anybody that feels bad for Vince McMahon, uh, look where the stock is. Look at how many shareholders are pissed off because they've lost money on the stock. Look at all the talent that's been released. And look at Vince McMahon with $85 million in cash. After selling 3.5 million shares on March 25th, I think it was. Uh, I don't feel sorry for Miss Man oh, whatsoever. By the way, he ain't, he doesn't got a bankroll two more years of the XFL either. So he's he's saving a little bit of coin in that regard because he had he had earmarked what 300 million for that Jimmy? Up to five. Yeah. Damn. And and you know the other. Uh, I could go on all day about how I think our WWE they've really the way that they are communicating publicly is really stupid because the same press release where they said well we're going to save four million a month uh in in staff production costs we're going to uh help capital flow by 140 million by deferring the costs associated with the new headquarters they made a point of saying and we're sitting on 500 million in cash which they had said publicly when the pandemic began and so again if you're drake maverick if you're aiden english if you're gallows anderson if you're Heath slater i'm sure that's reassuring knowing That uh, they're sitting on, you know, a half a billion dollars in cash. And I, st- I just still don't understand why they would tell Drake Maverick, you're fired, but we'll see you at the taping tonight. That, that's that got to be one of the dumbest things I think I've ever heard come out of yeah, WWE. That, that's, 
it's irresponsible, I think. And you know what? He's a professional, and he'll do his job and all that stuff. But it's sometimes you can't help it. You sometimes when you when you go up there and you're a major league baseball manager and you do a mound visit, it's because the guy's emotional. And For sure, he can't control where he's going to put the ball next. Like I'd be I'd be grabbing a light, Mike Sean. Whoo boy! I think. I mean, you, end- you remember you remember uh, Brian Danielson yeah. when uh, when he was up from NXT. And and he did it a very subtle thing, and as a matter of fact, his might have been taped too. So his, his was a bit of a different situation. But if I'm he's if I'm uh, Drake Maverick, and if there's anybody else in NXT like Leo Rush that uh, they still want to be in the tournament when they told him he's going to be, oh, I'm grabbing a live mic, and they can walk me out of the building. I don't give a yeah. shit. That's what I'm doing. I think at the end of this show, or for list goes on, we should take a look at each of the releases and like what might go on with them. I think that would do well, but. Um, Harold Romero says, Vince trying to get max profit, especially with Saudi money, a sad day. Thanks for everything, Fightful Select. Yes, it is. Kristen McNutt says, can WWE come back after this? Yeah, of course. WWE, oh, yeah. they're going to be fine. They will. Yeah. Uh, my hope is that a lot of these people, when WWE wants them back, when they go and they kill it somewhere else, that they know their worth. And if if they sign something, they don't get put in an EC3 situation where they get signed just to be sat down. Yeah, and I, I've been scanning the list looking for Chad Gable's name because, boy, is WWE really uh, losing their mind if they let him go. That oh, guy, yeah. would be, he'd be a top guy in AEW inside six months. Yeah, Dan uh, Caponia says, if today doesn't show the need for talent to unionize, I don't know what will. Um, I, I don't think that'll happen. I've heard no talk of that. No talk of that. We, we've talked about it for years. You need the top guys to be uh, involved. And the problem is, you know, whether it's Roman Reigns, Braun Strowman, Shirley Brock Lesnar, top guys aren't going to do it because the top guys are being taken care of. John Cena was never going to do exactly. it. Exactly. So, that's, Hulk, that's, why, that's why Hogan ratted on Jesse Ventura. That's, that's why he right. did it. Anakin, and can you blame him, Sean? Really? You yeah. know what I mean? So got to look out for number one. Anakin says, how much more of a PR nightmare can WWE create for themselves before a vote of no confidence to to force Vince out? He's got too much voting power. It's not going to happen. Yep. Last last I looked, he's got 80 percent, I believe, of the voting rights. Yeah. So unless (laughs) unless he loses confidence in himself, which ain't that out of the realm of the possibility these days, based on some of his decisions, he might just walk in Uh, one day and be like, I don't think that Vince McMahon guy's cut out for this. (laughs) Throwback 27 says, with all these cuts happening, do you think it's a possibility? Who do you think is the possibility to be the next Drew McIntyre? The ability to be a bigger star outside of WWE, come back and make an impact at work listening right now making the day move by fast. I think the two that stand out to me are EC3 and Leo Rush. Like, right off the top, Gallows and Anderson will be successful in Japan if they want to be. But to me, it's EC3 and Leo Rush. Yeah, I mean, Leo Rush, I mean, obviously, he's not going to be a main eventer uh, in WWE. But like you said, being like the next Rey Mysterio type, he's definitely got that in him. At the same time, we saw what's happening with Ricochet. Uh, But... uh, it's a sad situation, man. Do you want to uh, do you want to move on, or do you have more you want to talk oh, about? Oh, we, we, we've got this, we're caught up on the super chats now. It's just they came fast and furious. Reminder, guys, okay. donate a super chat live on YouTube.com/slash Fightful uh, if you want them read live on the air. If you want to ask as many questions as you want, head over to FightfulSelect.com. I'm doing a Q&A show tomorrow. That Q&A field is up, and I do one every week. When you subscribe to FightfulSelect.com every Monday, I drop the Backstage Report podcast. 
uh, 20, 25 minutes of exclusive news, stats, injury, contract updates. We have Raw and SmackDown reviews over there and a little more of a, of a sour method. We cover all kinds of indies and, and related things on the Weekender podcast. Just head over to FightfulSelect.com. There's probably something there you will like. Cool. And how's my internet holding up? It's holding up well. I just want these these thousand plus people to tap that thumbs up, subscribe, and <laughs> slap the bell for notifications, and make sure you come back tonight for the Wednesday Night War podcast. So uh, yeah, NXT is going to be interesting. I feel for that crew. The morale must be in the shitter. And can you imagine that crew sitting? They're probably there now because they always make you want to come early for TV. They're probably sitting there waiting for a phone call. That's a shitty thing, man. Yeah. You know. So, uh, and that Drake thing, I could go on about that all day. I cannot believe they told that kid that uh, you got three more matches. Ah, so stupid. Yeah, that I was want to... a, a super chat that we got there from Jay Lane saying making Drake wrestle tonight is cruel. I mean, I'm sure he didn't have to. Uh, I mean, he probably could have. But if they came up to him and said, hey, uh, we are cutting you and you have to wrestle to get these benefits or something, that's cruel. I think that under any circumstance, you should, you, as, as the employer, you shouldn't want him to wrestle. Why would yeah. you want him to wrestle? No, be, knowing that he's going to be gone, knowing that, let's face it, you do risk potentially something happening on live television. As, as the promoter, why would you want him in the ring? It doesn't make any sense at all. It's really stupid. He could hurt himself if his head's not into it. He could hurt his opponent. It's stupid. Yeah, and so uh, and so whatever. I want to talk to, talk about the XFL thing because I've seen a lot of stuff online that, quite frankly, is not accurate. Uh, and I told Sean about this off the air. I have seen people, you know, saying things about Vince McMahon that's not accurate. I have seen things being said in terms of a supposed scandal that is not accurate. Uh, and some of these are major wrestling news sites and even a major wrestling news YouTube channel that is saying stuff that's not accurate. And so I want to break it all down. I have a ton of information. I hopefully don't get redundant, but I'm going to break down everything and try to dispel some of the bullshit that uh, I've seen people say about the XFL over the last few days. So it was on April 10, last Friday, the same day that Vince Man decided he was going to run live TV again. And that's a whole other story in itself, Sean. But yeah. uh, that same day, it came out that the XFL was laying off most of its staff and they were going to shut down operations. That led to speculation that Vince decided to run live TV because he was in an ornery mood because he had gotten the XFL news that day. Now, Darren Ravel, he's a reporter for Action Network. On April 13th, he posted on Twitter that the XFL had filed Chapter 11 bankruptcy, and he posted bankruptcy documents that showed that WWE owned 23.5% of the Class B shares of the XFL. And for anybody that's not familiar with this stuff, Class B versus Class A, same value, but you typically don't have the voting rights. And, and there could be other benefits that Class A has. Typically, it has to do with voting rights. Otherwise, the value is the same. Uh, but he came out with that. And a lot of people ran with that and said, oh, my goodness, scandalous, scandalous. The fact of the matter is, and kudos again to Brandon Thurston of WrestleNomics because he posted WWE's 10Q report from Q1 of 2018. And a 10Q report is a quarterly report that public companies have to file with the SEC uh, reflecting their performance. So when WWE filed their 10Q report for Q1 of 2018, it showed that they had equity in the XFL. They listed it straight up. They didn't say how much equity they had, but they said that they had equity. They referred to it as insignificant. Uh, and it was done as part of the deal that uh, had WWE sell their XFL IP to Alpha Entertainment, which is Vince Man's parent company that owns the XFL. So all this stuff I've seen on the internet about scandal, 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 
this was already public information, has been for two years. Uh, and if somebody uh, just you know failed not to do research, that's your problem. Now, the only thing that shareholders might find interesting potentially is how much equity they had, 23.5% of the Class B shares. But I think ultimately it's going to come down to perceived value. And uh, I'll talk about it in a minute, but I don't think that the value of those shares is probably very high. And so when you look at the perceived value of that 23.5%, it's probably not very significant, I don't think. Uh, you have any questions what would for you, What would you think that that amount would be? Like if you it's were just really, throw it out there or is it too hard to tell? You can't – well, they're not public, so it, it's, it's really hard. Yeah. Like for example, my company uh, – without going into too much detail. My company – I don't own my company. My holding company owns my company. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the shares in my company, I think we listed like 100 bucks a share, I think is what we put on paper, just because you got to put a price on paper. Sure. Um, but we're not public. And so will it, WWE, it's kind of so will WWE have to disclose this, like this amount, like what they think it's worth since uh, they well, own be, it? Because they're in bankruptcy. And, and, and let me uh, clarify, they're in Chapter 11, not Chapter 7. Do you know the difference? No, no. Ch- chapter 7 means that the debtor's assets are sold. In order to pay their creditors, basically. Chapter 11 means that the debtor is given the opportunity to pay the creditors, cut deals, uh, change terms, you know, try, try to basically pay the creditors on their own. They file Chapter 11. And so what I think is going to happen is I think that list of creditors that they listed, which, by the way, in terms of financial compensation, they didn't list WWE. They didn't list Vince McMahon. They listed XFL coaches. Uh, I think there is like photographers, things like that. I think they're going to look to make good on those people. And I think that Vince and WWE will kind of come up the rear on that afterwards. But uh, that, that's kind of what I think is going to happen. Now, I want to talk about a timeline of events. And, and again, the reason I want to talk about it is because I've seen a lot of stuff on social media where people are trying to allege a scandal, trying to allege that Vince uh, committed insider trading. So I want to break down everything to kind of explain everything. To people, at least to the best of my ability. So last December, the Oklahoma Firefighters Pension and Retirement Fund, which is a WWE shareholder, they filed a lawsuit against WWE claiming a breach of their commitment to shareholders. Uh, and what they claimed was that there, were, they, there was a credible basis to believe that Vince and other senior officials had diverted resources to the XFL, and they used the IP as an example. And the reason they used that is because WWE sold the XFL IP to Alpha Entertainment for a million dollars when Charlie Ebersol, before he started the AAF, allegedly valued the XFL IP at $50 million and, and tried to buy it from Vince Man for $50 million. So that's one of the reasons that the uh, Oklahoma Firefighters Pension Fund is claiming a diversion of resources. You, you, you skipped this opportunity, supposedly, to get $50 million for this asset because you sold it to a million to Vince McMahon's entity. Uh, they also question if there's a conflict of interest, which, which is an obvious one, with Vince McMahon when it came to financial transactions, and they wanted documents that explain the ties, I don't know if the bankruptcy document's going to do enough. I mean, obviously, there was stuff in there. Like, they listed the addresses for some of the XFL coaches. And the address, if I remember right, I think it was like uh, 1266 East Main Street, basically right next door to WWE headquarters in Stanford, Connecticut. Uh, Darren Ravel from Action Network, he came out and said that they were right next door to each other, XFL yeah. headquarters. He said there was frequent traffic back and forth. He said a lot of the employees uh, essentially worked two full-time jobs going between wow. them. But again, this was not new information. That same 10Q report that they filed in 2018 said that there was a shared services agreement between okay. the two companies. 
uh, and that WWE essentially was going to be having employees do things for the XFL and they were going to get compensation in return. So they didn't really hide anything mm-hmm. when it came to that stuff. But this is where it started to get interesting. So December is when that lawsuit was filed, right? On March 10th, uh, the lawsuit was voluntarily dismissed. And nothing was really said about it. And, uh, and my belief is that there was probably a settlement. WWE probably cut him a deal. But that happened on March 10th. Two days later, after that lawsuit was out of the way, the XFL season was paused. They announced it on March 12th that the XFL season was paused. But a month after that, April 10, they announced they're suspending operations. They laid off their employees. And then April 13 is when they filed uh, Chapter 11 bankruptcy. And that's when we found out about how much equity WWE owned and, and all of that. So there's an added wrinkle to this. And I, and I, I mentioned this uh, a minute ago. On March 25th, which was two weeks before or two weeks after the lawsuit was dismissed and two weeks before the XFL suspended operations, Vince sold those shares. 3.5 million shares of WWE stock. Uh, he did it on a four-year prepaid contract with Morgan Stanley, meaning that he gets the money now, but he doesn't have to deliver the shares for four years. Uh, and he got somewhere in the neighborhood of $85 million in cash. And I mentioned this earlier. There were some wrestling news websites that claimed that that money went to WWE to help, uh, help with their cash flow given the pandemic. That's completely inaccurate. That's not WWE's money. That's Vince McMahon's money. That was not WWE's stock. That was Vince McMahon's stock. So he took that cash, not WWE. And at the time that that happened, uh, there was some speculation. Well, why is he doing it now? The stock's $33. The stock's low, so why is Vince McMahon doing it? Now, Vince probably knew on March 25th when he sold that stock that the XFL was going to fold. He probably knew that they were looking at bankruptcy proceedings. He probably knew, okay, on the next earnings call – uh, for Q1 in a month, I'm going to be questioned about you know various things, and the stock might take a hit. He also probably knew that on that earnings call for Q1, I don't think they're going to knock it out of the park in terms of their metrics. Yeah, I, you know, I think they're still going to be down across the board or treading water. I think network subscriptions are going to be down, uh, ratings are down, everything is basically down. The only thing that's a question mark is the rights fees. Is, is USA or Fox have they said they're going to withhold anything? If they don't, then the revenue is still going to be great because that's where most of their money is. But given all of that, you could suggest that Vincent Mann sold that stock knowing that the stock was going to plummet. Sure. Right? However, here's a term that people need to remember. There's a term called undisclosed material information. And the question is, did Vince sell that stock – with undisclosed material information on WWE, meaning that he did not disclose material information about WWE prior to the stock sale. I don't think he did, Sean. Like yeah. everything that I've just outlined is public information. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't think I don't think the XFL folding matters. Uh, I don't think the fact that they own 23.5% of the Class B shares matters because I don't think there's a lot of value in those shares. Uh, I don't think the Q1 results are going to matter. Because, again, unless USA and Fox are withholding rights, the revenue is still going to be strong, even though their metrics are going to be down. So my personal opinion is this. Does it look shitty that the chairman of the board of WWE cashed out $85 million when the economy is in trouble, when shareholders have lost a shit ton of money, when the stock is low, now you've got guys getting laid off? Is it a bad look that the chairman of the board did that? Yeah, it is. After – and keep in mind, after they have hoarded people to the point of not releasing anybody for sure. a long time, and now they do this. This is the story of the one. 
As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Oh, by the way, sure. yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's reflective of poor leadership. Like you said, it could result in a loss of confidence, but he's got most of the voting rights, so it's not going to make a difference. But did he do anything illegal? Did he uh, commit insider trading? I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think anything's going to come out of it with the SEC. Again, unless there's material information that he did not disclose that we just don't know about yet. Mm-hmm. But uh, but I, I just don't think it's going to happen. I think it's just uh, it's just kind of a shitty time where this man kind of, you He's know, telling me got to pull out some cash as uh, as Jonathan Moss said in the chat. I hope you guys appreciate having Jimmy Van around for stuff like this, because that is something that I could not have covered in in that type of way. And we got some more unfortunate news. Maria Canellis, Zach Ryder. No way, Jose. All gone. Uh, we had a super chat that said, is Ray Mysterio going to be next? I doubt it. I really doubt that. I don't think so. They're still using him. He's still a name. I mean, uh, most of those names, unfortunate as is, especially in this landscape, most of them aren't really a surprise. Yeah. You know? Most of them weren't really being used. A lot of them were only utilized on live events mm-hmm. and were and didn't have, a, didn't have an angle on television. And right now, there are no live events. So uh, Mike Straw asks, other than Fit, what producer shocked you the most? I would say Lance Storm because they did him real dirty. Sarah Stock, maybe. Yeah, they. Th- I thought they did Lance Storm real dirty if he's gone because, or if he's furloughed because he stopped his school, he sold his stuff, and I don't know if he moved, yeah. but oh my god, that's that's rough, man. That is yep. rough. Well, another thing about this man I want to talk about uh, because again, their earnings call is next Thursday, April twenty third. Um, I want to hear what he has to say, not only about USA and Fox rights and whether or not they might have been reduced or whatever. I'm sure he's going to address the live TV thing, uh, and I'll be interested in that. But another thing I'm curious about is how he answers the whole XFL was a separate entity completely from WWE thing. Because, again, you know, a lot of this stuff is not new, even though it was kind of positioned by some sites like it was new. It really wasn't. No. However... When you look at the, um, the the amount of equity that they had, 23.5%, even though the value is probably minimal, they still had 23.5%. When you look at the fact that the address, they were right next door, frequent traffic back and forth, all the things that, that have come out, um, it's difficult to say that they were a completely separate entity. You know what I mean? And I question how he's going to handle it on the call. I mean, again, has he done anything illegal? No. Is the stock at 30 – what's last I looked, I think it was at $37. Is it at $37 instead of 100 because of Vincent Mann's distraction by the XFL? I don't think so. I mean, maybe that was part of it. Thirty-eight eighty-four. now. It's jumped a uh, couple bucks today. What's it at now? Thirty-eight eighty-four. Okay. All right. All right. But, it, I mean, last April it was at, you know, ninety six, ninety seven. Sure. But in terms of saying, okay, the stock has shit the bed because he's distracted by the XFL, I think that's going to be hard to prove because so much, so many other things have happened. The, the, the firing of the co-presidents, COVID-19 has hit the entire market, you know? And so I think it's going to be hard to prove. I was asked by various people, you know, do you think this could result in more litigation and maybe even a class action? I think it's going to be difficult. Uh, and, and one other thing that I want to say, if you go to any WWE finance page, like Yahoo Finance as an example – 
You go there at any time, you're going to see a bunch of press releases, Sean, from law firms announcing that they are filing a class That's action sure. against WWE. Oh, this is a, but this is a common thing. So these law firms will say we're filing a class action against WWE, but there's a little asterisk in the press release. You know what it is? The asterisk is, hey, shareholder, if you want to join our class action, please do so by this deadline. And then they set whatever bullshit deadline. When you see those press releases, those mean nothing. Those are basically trolls. Uh, and what they're doing, it's basically the stock market equivalent of an ambulance chaser. And so unless a law firm is able to do a class action which a, with a very major WWE shareholder, it's not going to do anything. It, it, it's just these trolls looking for a handout, and that's all it is. Oh, man. Uh, so I don't know when you wanted to get into this next aspect, but I think we can go ahead and talk about WWE going live. Oh, yeah. I got so much stuff, Sean. Because the super chat from Andy Manier says, had Vince not donated money of $18.5 million to a political party, could they have saved some of these wrestlers from being cut? I, I think there's a little bit of fogginess there. No correlation. Uh, and Jay Lane says... How bad does Braun's comments about indie wrestling look now? Real bad. Real bad. Yeah, especially considering Drake and EC3 are his boys. Exactly. Drake and EC3 are on a show with him every week. Anakin says, WB releasing Maria while she's on maternity leave is so screwed up. I don't know if if she's still on maternity leave. Yeah, and in the U- in the U.S., it's only what's the what's legal in the U.S. for maternity leave? Well, you're asking the wrong guy because I ain't having kids. <laughs> I, it's not and, long. I think in the U.S. it's only a few weeks, I believe, legally. Yeah. So I think she's probably passed it. Yeah, I think I think she's passed it as well. But yeah, uh, I mean, I think we can pretty fairly go into the next topic. Uh, last Saturday or last Sunday, WWE had informed talent of a positive COVID-19 test and revealed the name. And they knew this. I was poking around about it early in the week. Got a really solid confirm on Wednesday. WWE would not say anything about it. They said to me, as I put on the Fightful Select Backstage Report podcast, they were like, are you writing a report on this? And I said, well, I can't responsibly do that without that person or you saying something. However, Saturday, I got news that there was a memo that went out, and I got my eyes on the memo. I sent that memo to WWE, and they said, when are you publishing this? I said imminently and ran it, and then shortly thereafter it was all over the place. So they were waiting until somebody got eyes on that memo, until they had to let people know this. My frustration with that lie, Jimmy, and the fact that a lot of staff had no clue about this. Uh, The the message was delivered on the WWE Superstars internal app that they have to get information, but there were some staff that had no idea. Since then, I've spoken to some staff that say WWE is taking a lot of measures – uh, medical screening before you walk in the door, masks inside, social distancing, all that. But this is expanded, Jimmy, because Friday afternoon, Vince McMahon said, I know we were going to tape, but we're not now. We're going live. Fox and USA paid for live content. That's what they're getting. So now, in, by the way, they had Jeff Hardy there for no reason because of this. They flew him in, no reason. And now WWE is going to go live, and we have not heard – well, we've heard a little bit of your thoughts. We did a breaking news podcast on it, but this is questionable. This is a bad idea. Yeah, this, this is corporate politics at its best is what it is, and uh, and this is 
again, there's still stuff that we don't know. And, and I'm really hoping that the earnings call next Thursday is going to answer these questions. Because when it comes to Doug, Vince's decision to run live TV, I don't know if he made this as a typical Vince McMahon, you know, last minute change decision, or if he made this because he had reason to believe that USA or Fox were going to withhold rights. Yeah. And I'm hoping that we get the answer to that question. And I have my my suspicion and, and we'll get to it in a minute. But uh, when you consider, like you said, someone on the roster test positive for COVID-19 before they decided to go back live, when you consider that there's really no difference to these empty arena shows, whether whether they're live or taped, you know what these shows remind me of, Sean? What's that? These shows, these shows remind me of being in a casino in Vegas. It could be 3 a.m. It could be 3 p.m. You don't know the freaking difference because it looks the same. You know what I mean? Yep. These empty arena shows, whether they're taped or live, doesn't make a difference to the viewer at home. And so when you consider that, um, it feels to me like this was just Vincent Man changing his mind last minute again, unless Fox was the catalyst. And I'm going to explain in a minute how maybe Fox was the catalyst. But I want to take you through a little timeline of stuff here. So first, WWE released a statement to ESPN about their decision to go live. And that statement started with this line, quote, we believe it is now more important than ever to provide people with a diversion from these hard times. That is the biggest load of bullshit statement that they could have that they could have made, because, again, not to repeat myself, whether they're live or taped is the exact same diversion. Yes, there's no difference. You know what I mean? And and you have the governor, DeSantis, saying people want content. No shit they want content, Jimmy. That's why we do our shows, because people want to watch stuff like that. Wanting content wasn't ever the question. That wasn't ever the issue. It was a matter of if you could safely produce that content. And the thing it, is, is even tape, they're getting content. Yes, and it if they were taping, it minimizes a lot of stuff. You don't have to bring everybody in every week. You bring right. in who needs to be there for the taped segments. Then you get them out. You get them home. Well, let's go over a, a little timeline here. And uh, this was posted online by John Alba and Stephanie Quinn Yu. They're with Spectrum News 13 in Orlando. Uh, they put this together, and it's very interesting, Sean. And again, this is just corporate politics. It's very, very kind of common everyday stuff that happens. Um, on April 1st, Governor DeSantis issued an executive order for essential services after speaking to the president. That was on April 1st. That was for the state of Florida. Then on April 9th, he amended that order to include pro sports and media production with a national audience. Meaning he basically said in the case of WWE, you got a national audience without a, a live crowd, you can produce television again. That's basically what the order said. That was on April 9th. That same day, April 9th, Linda McMahon announced the her Trump reelect super PAC. Do you know what a super PAC is? Yes. Okay, so for anybody who doesn't, it's a political action committee uh, independently run where they basically provide funding to a political candidate. And the McMahons have a Donald Trump reelect super PAC because they're – you know, tight going back decades, decades. right? Oh, he hosted WrestleMania multiple times. There you go. There you go. On April 9th, the same day that the governor amended the order to include pro wrestling as an essential service, Linda McMahon's Super PAC announced that they will spend $18.5 million in Tampa and Orlando. So you're going to tell me there's not a correlation? There, there's fully a correlation. It's going to be Fully. hard to convince me that there's not. And then the very next day after that, April 10, is when Vince decided that he's going to re- resume live TV. So 
So let me ask you this, Jimmy. All that money that Vince McMahon and the McMahon family spent on failed efforts for Linda McMahon to become Senate or to become like what senator? She never really had any political experience outside of that. She got she got named the administrator of the SBA or whatever it was. Do you think? Do you think there's a that, that because she even ran for Senate that helped her consideration, or Trump was just like, yeah, well, I'm going to do this anyway. This is my lady, Trump. Yeah, this is just my and 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 let me just say, like, I'm Canadian. I'm non. I'm by. I'm nonpartisan. You know, like I wh- whether Trump's the president or somebody else, I'm I'm going to kind of keep it in the middle because I don't like talking politics or religion. But uh, yeah, no, no, no. Linda McMahon got it because of her ties to Trump and because she had the super PAC where she was plugging, uh, pumping money into his campaign. That's just my opinion. But there's uh, another potential wrinkle to this, and this is just me speculating. This is not fact. This is me speculating. Okay. So why did the XFL shut down? And you already mentioned it at the top of the show, and you and I have talked about it off camera before. Why did the XFL shut down when Vince McMahon had said that he would commit up to $500 million over three seasons? If he was willing to do it, why did they shut down? And my gut is, as you as you said, at least one of their broadcast partners pulled out. And that's what I. Th- and these were one-year agreements as is, from what I understand. And no idea when they'd be coming back or anything like that. And yep. that's that's their lifeblood is the TV deals. It certainly ain't the live the live attendance, which nope. still did better than many anticipated. Yeah, but that was their business plan, right? Sure. So they, they had deals with ABC and with Fox. They were airing games on the ABC network as well as ESPN. Uh, then they were airing games on the Fox network plus FS1 and FS2. The whole plan, the whole business plan for the XFL had been to make money through rights fees. That was their whole vision. Uh, he was Vince McMahon was essentially going to take what WWE had become because live events were no longer really relevant to WWE in terms of revenue. He wanted to take what WWE had become and he wanted to mirror that with the XFL. And the hope was that if the games did well enough, then they could eventually land, you know, 100 million, 200 million a year yeah. rights fee uh, rights fee deal. That was the plan. That means that if one or both of your broadcast partners uh, pulled out, there's your league. Your league is gone, right? And in the landscape that we're in now, you're not going to get another broadcaster for next season. Nobody's going to sign a deal in this landscape to uh, get ready for next season. It's not going to happen. And so that's why I think the XFL had this happen. I think that one of the broadcast partners pulled out. And, you know, speculation, so nobody run it as fact, I think Fox did. Maybe ABC did too. Maybe ABC did too, but I think Fox did. And I think that Vincent Mann got paranoid thinking, well, if they did it for the XFL, they could do it for SmackDown. Contractually, we're supposed to run X number of live shows a year. So we're going to run live until we're told by some government authority that we can't. Yeah. That's what I think happened. So, And again, hopefully next Thursday, April 23rd, we'll get some kind of uh, confirmation one way or the other. But that's my belief. What a mess. What a messy-ass week. Just everything over the last – Last, I mean, the COVID nineteen test, the decision yeah. to go live, the the essential order. Oh, by the way, as as the Orange County Sheriff's Department had confirmed to me this morning, they had told WWE to shut down multiple times before that, and WWE yeah. didn't. Then, by the time Monday rolled around, the executive order was there. Then the XFL folds. Then all the releases happen. My God, man. And, you know, something else I want to know, I really wish I could call Vincent Mann and ask him these questions because something <laughs> else that I want to know 
is and I'm I'm putting myself in in his position when it comes to USA and Fox. Again, I don't know the state of his relationships with USA and Fox. I don't know if he's part of the day to day with USA and Fox because I think they used a talent agency to, to to close the deals. So I don't know his 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 relationship, and I don't know the state of the company's relationship. Did you think about picking up the phone? You know, maybe getting on on a call with your attorneys and getting on a call with USA's attorneys, Fox's attorneys. Did they attempt that? Did they get a phone call going and say, look, you see the landscape and it's a risk to our talent to have them flying in for TV. We had a positive test. Heaven forbid we have more positive tests. What can we do here? What can we do? If we let's say we want to produce tape television for the next little while, what can we agree to on paper in terms of the finances behind it? Did they have that conversation? Because isn't that common sense that you would do that, Sean? Yes. You know what I mean? Instead of sitting there in a chair like this thinking Fox is going to cut us, Fox is going to cut us. Yes. You know what I mean? I want to know if they did that. Did they have these phone calls? And let me let me even go a step further. They could have put a nice little positive spin on this. You know what I mean? They could have arranged a deal with Fox, with USA to say we're going to tape TV, put a nice little PR initiative together. We're the good guys. We care about our talent. So we're going to let our talent sit at home and quarantine. We got stuff in the can, and now they're going to stay at home with their families. They could have put a nice little touch on that. You know what I mean? Yes. I, I, I'm i questioning if any of that happened or if Vince just kind of flew by the seat of his pants and made these decisions. <sighs> well, I mean, flying by the seat of his pants and making decisions is something that seems to happen a lot with him, right? Uh, we have a ton of super chats. Hannah Moore says there's no maternity leave for the U.S. Common is six weeks, but they don't have to give you anything. There you go. Jay Lane says, how can they ensure the ring is sanitary if live? They can't effectively, and they're not changing out the mats between every match anyway, whether they're live or taped. They they can't – I don't even think they can wash them. I think they just throw them away or they send them to the the warehouse when they're done with them. I mean the fact that you can be asymptomatic. Yes. That that alone to me, this is and, – and what's going to happen? Okay, so they've, they've had one so far. Uh, and they were lucky because they had finished the tapings, and by the time it got out, the person was past the 14-day period, right? Yeah. So they kind of got away with that one. Now you're going to be doing three live days a week, right? What happens when someone else tests positive, which is you think going to happen at some Sprawled point? Sprawled out all across the week too, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Yes. Woof. What Glenn's- do you do? Because now, now you don't have stuff in the can, Sean. Yes, and so if it gets re- if it gets even worse and you can't do anything, you got nothing. Nothing. Yes. Glenn yes. Smith says any chance some of the talent that was released actually requested their release. Uh not in relation to this, but in the past, yes, some of those had asked for it. I think release. in this landscape, none of them in this landscape. Yeah, none of them asked for it in response to this, but some of them yeah. had asked for their releases in the past. Right. Anakin right. says it's hard to believe USA or Fox would demand live content in this environment. Production of all their other shows is shut down. They'd be happy to get new content taped or live. That's my thing. I can't. I thought the same. I can't imagine they would open themselves up legally to demanding something like that. But you got to understand something, though. USA and Fox are taking a shit kicking financially, too. Yeah. Right. And so you never know if their attorneys are looking at the contract saying there's a loophole here. And if they don't if they don't provide this many live episodes a year. We can withhold rights or we can reduce rights or whatever the language is. And this is how these, these big corporations work. And so, uh, yeah, I, I agree that they're probably happy to get content. But if they can look to save some money given the economy, 
I think they would be looking to do it. But again, we don't know at this at this point if Vince had reason to believe that or if he was just kind of hot shotting like he normally does. I'm really hoping somebody asks him about this stuff on the earnings call. I would do it myself, but there's no chance they're going to take my question. So yes. uh, it's going to have to be somebody from like you know a, a big bank or something. But I really hope somebody asks. Uh, more information: Andrea Lissenberger, who is a writer for WWE, uh, heavily responsible for the Otis and Mandy storyline, released. Uh, that sucks. That really sucks because she. If there's one thing WWE needs right now, it is not less diverse voices in their company. Uh, yep. Hannah Moore says, my biggest issue is that they did one statement, put like five names, names and acted like that was it. Then they just kept adding names to that list without making announcements. That, that's why I'm doing it on my Twitter too because I want people to know that these people are getting released. And I know that right now we are updating a release article too. I plan on trying to do an individual release article about each act. So the Colognes, Mike and Maria, then like EC3, Drake Maverick. Hopefully we can individually get those out there. That way, if people are searching actively for information about these people, uh, they can find it. Rob Wilkins was, says, oh, we, still, we got, still got some more, Jimmy. People like okay. us. Okay. Rob Wilkins says, today is heartbreaking. I'm an emotional dude and Drake's video got me. Jimmy, is it acceptable to reach out, w out to WWE's advertisers along with it, Fox and NBC Universal? They still shouldn't be live. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know what it's going to do. I yeah. don't know. Uh, I mean, I, I did suggest on the when we did a breaking news podcast on Saturday, you know, what happens if somebody puts pressure on progressive insurance, which is one of their biggest of advertisers. It's always possible, but I think it would take numbers. Jimmy, not just they're one of their biggest advertisers, the number one draft pick in auto insurance. There you go. And, there you, you go. know, if, if you want a number one draft pick in getting your penis super hard, BlueChew.com can help. BlueChew brings you the same FDA active ingredient, FDA approved active ingredients rather as Viagra and Cialis. But let me tell you, in this environment, it's safer to use because you don't have to go to the pharmacy. You don't have to go to the doctor's office. You don't have to make that phone call. You do not want to be in a doctor's office or a pharmacy or public if you don't have to be. One, because of the danger. But two, people are going to notice that you have a fantastic erection due to BlueChew.com. Now, that might be good or bad for you. People might say, you know what, I'd like to get quarantined with that dick, if you know what I'm saying. But BlueChew.com gets it done, and that code FIGHT will get your first shipment free. It's a chewable, so it gets into your system much faster, and it's ready when you are. And if you're not ready, it gets you ready, my friends. BlueChew.com, code FIGHTFUL. Better, cheaper, faster. It's just a smoother way of going about things. And, you know, we like smooth sailing here on the FIGHTFUL podcast, whether you like it rough or not. BlueChew.com, code FIGHTFUL. Jay Lane says... Vince pulled the plug on XFL because now the new NFL CBA expands rosters and NCAA will give seniors extra year eligibility. It kills their talent pool. It doesn't yeah. kill their talent pool because they were they were always going to be second banana. And NFL, Lots of guys available too. NFL needs a second banana. Jonathan Moss says, did you see Hiroshi Tanahashi's comment? Very different from essential services. He said wrestling should return last to symbolize a full recovery. To that, I say, easy for him to say. Easy for a guy who's been on top of New Japan for over a decade to say that. Yeah, and sometimes people forget, too, with some of these some of these wrestlers. Sometimes they think, oh, they're television stars. A lot of these guys don't make a ton of money. 
And and a yeah. lot of these guys, just because they've been released, people might think, well, they're fine. They can sit at home and, and whatever. A lot of them can't. A lot of them have mortgages and a lot of them have bills to pay. And a lot of them don't have the, the, the biggest downside guarantees. Uh, and so it could be problematic for some guys. I mean, you know, do they have to immediately look for another job tomorrow? Maybe not. But within a month or two, they're going to need to have their future set up, you know? Yeah. Speaking of the future. We got a super super chat from Ralphie Boy. He says, do you think this will be the new normal for WWE with them trying to cut costs at the talent's expense and the other employees? Yes, I think it will. I think that they wanted to hold this off as long as they could because, quite frankly, they have been in a talent war since 2018, whether it be New Japan or Ring of Honor. We have told this show on the podcast many times, Jimmy. Matt Riddle was just sitting in Evolve waiting yep waiting to get signed. He signed with Evolve because WWE said, no, 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 no. We don't want you to go to Ring of Honor. Let's hook you up here. After two and a half years passed, and you start getting info, oh, well, New Japan and Ring of Honor are running Madison Square Garden. All of a sudden, WWE's like, hey, come on over. We know your deal's about up. Let's just go ahead and get you on over here. Really, since about then, they've been lodged in a talent war. And I think now that they've had to release, or they didn't have to, but they did release a bunch of people, Jimmy. Mm -hmm. I think it will become the new norm, and they won't hoard as much as they have in the past. I think when things start to get back to normal again, and, they, and they're able to you know, uh, run arenas again and sell tickets again and all of that, I think they'll open up the purse strings a little bit more again. Because, uh, you know, again, like we said at the top of the show, I don't think they made the decision to to cut talent because they were afraid about, oh, we're not going to be profitable or we're losing money. I think they did it yeah. hit their profit projections for the quarter uh, and to keep shareholders happy. And it's a shitty thing because they're a very profitable company. Yes. I mean, th those television contracts, again, until we hear whether or not they've been told they're going to reduce rights, those contracts are over $200 million a year each. So they're a very profitable company. I think they just wanted to hit projections, and that's all it was. So. And uh, Wild Boy says, how does Vince make his choice on to let who go? Obviously, a lot of them were people that just weren't being used. A lot of them were producers because, quite frankly, if you're going to be a wrestler, you're going to have to learn how to put together a match on your own anyway. Um, some of Most of them were people that just haven't been used. And then you look at Anderson and Gallows, and it's people that they never really valued anyway. But yep. once they got paid a lot, they had to do something with. But... You look up and down, and so far, it's a lot of people that they did not have plans for. And I think a lot of it's probably Hunter, too, because a lot of the newer era have said that they don't have a great relationship with this man because Triple H is a guy they know. Yes. And so I'm sure that he had a hand in deciding on some of these guys as well. And when I talk to NXT people, and I'm like, oh, Triple H doesn't go – when they move up to the main roster, and I'm like, Triple H doesn't go to bat for you in this situation, they're like – no, you stop being one of Triple H's kids when you leave NXT type of thing. Right. And there was a little bit of disdain there. Uh, that That's unfortunate. And, I mean, I've heard of people that Triple H has actively fought recently to keep in NXT when some people on Raw want them brought up. Tommaso, right? Not I heard just that he. Him. No, okay. Some others. Okay. I want to talk about quickly an added irony to this whole live event thing. Uh, so, and it's too bad that, that I, I can't do media because otherwise I would show you this on the air. So this past Monday, I was looking at WWE.com because I wanted to see if they had posted a statement there about the decision to go live. Yes. 
So I went to WWE.com looking for that. I didn't see it, but what I did see was a link under a section on their site called Trending News where they had a press release that linked to their community site, which is called community.wwe.com. On that site, they touted a partnership between WWE and the Ad Council to launch national uh, public service announcements to raise awareness during COVID-19. And there was a big graphic as part of the press release. And the slogan on the graphic was staying home saves lives. Hashtag alone together. Yeah. I mean, but that was going live, but they're that, going live. Yeah. I mean, that was from the ad council. So they're not going to be it's like, still Hey, stupid. They it put is, it on WWE.com. It is. I'm not going to fault the, the wrestlers or anything though, but no, no, no. This is not about the wrestlers. This is about the company. This company yes. thing, you know? Uh, so, Rusev has just tweeted a goodbye saying, thank you all, Rusev out. No freaking way. Well, there were some major issues there anyway. I know that he wanted a feature spot on WrestleMania. He had upset someone raw, upset some high up, as as you know, as I showed you that. But I, I don't know if it's real or not. Rusev has a very good sense of humor. But uh, you want to talk about, he should be in the IWGP heavyweight title picture this year. He'd be great in Japan. Yes, he would. He would I agree. be amazing in Japan. I agree. Yep. It's too bad. And on man. Rusev Day? Come yeah. on. Yeah. I mean, I know there there would be probably issues there when it comes to, you know, IP and stuff, but sure. if I'm AEW, oh. if I if I could rework that magic with Rusev and Ain in English under different names, hey, buddy. I'd be jumping all over that. His first name is Miroslav. R-O-S-L-A-V. Just call him Ruslav. It'll work. Alexander Ruslov. There you go. I'm just waiting for an indie wrestler to take all the names that WWE has abandoned and be like Alexander Antonio Almas. And somebody will Mm -hmm. be like, man, why does he sound so familiar? I know that guy. I just don't know from where. Antonio Langston. There you go. Or Big O Wangston. That was a good one, wasn't it, Jimmy? Yeah, Biggie like that one. You know what? We will do the list goes on if I will select after this. Okay. Um, because I do have other stuff that we can talk about. I want to talk about uh, Ronda Rousey. I want to talk about uh, where uh, AEW stands on live TV. Uh, and I want to talk about Impact a little bit and uh, Ring of Honor and MLW. So, FiveOfSelect.com, the list goes on. We'll talk more stuff there. Well, we've got some super chats to round out. Uh, Daz says, how Shane, Oma- Shane Mac hasn't been baffled, let go yet baffles me. Hey guys, don't don't be like that. Don't be that jackass that's like, well, why hasn't this person been fired? That's a real piece of shit move. That's- and he was an agent. You got to remember, he was not a member of the active talent yeah. roster, and we don't know if he was uh, put on a leave or if he was released. That I just think that's such a jackass move to be like, this person got fired, <laughs> but this person didn't. Mm. That's that. Come on, guys. Uh, Matt F says, are all these que- uh, stupid question? Are all these releases COVID related? Or are they just the annual post-WrestleMania releases? They don't do the post-annual anything. They don't do annual anything like that anymore. This is COVID-related. Anakin says, do you think they'll wait until uh, NXT, or announce NXT releases until after tonight? Yes, I do think they'll do that. Uh, But Leo got cut, and he's from NXT. And Drake Maverick's still in the tournament. I still can't believe it. Still can't believe it. Jay Lane says, do you think Rusev would leave Lana here to go to Japan? They're tours. They're tours, and yeah. There's, th- there, there's lots of married couples where one is working for one Tons. company, one's working for another. Oh, yeah. Tons. Uh, Adrian Flurry, thank you for the super chat. If you have a question, uh, he says, being reported NXT will have cuts after the show tonight. 
Well, then we'll see. And uh, my heart goes out to all these people. Uh, Jimmy, I think on the list goes on, we'll do a look at the people who have been cut, where we think they'll go, where we think they'll end up. So if you guys want to hear that, subscribe to FightfulSelect.com. That's how you can support us and our writers and our podcasters. And I want to thank everybody who tuned in. Over a thousand of you live. It's our most watched live show, period, besides a WrestleMania show. And this one outdid our WrestleMania show this year. So uh, big thank you there. Apparently, uh, as I'm going to... Yeah, people are saying, oh, this so-and-so got confirmed. We, I don't think I've seen any uh, confirmation on Rusev yet. But hey, we'll, we'll keep our eye on it, guys. that a wrap, Jimmy? that it? Yeah, you know what? I might do more of a breaking news podcast depending on uh, what keeps going down the pipe here. Well, but, uh, uh, apparently we've, what a got, time. we've got plenty of it. We've got plenty of time uh, to do that and plenty of news to talk about. But guys, I did a uh, long-form feature and an interview with Gregory Iron. If you all remember the wrestler with cerebral palsy that CM Punk endorsed about a decade ago, it's there. It's it's a great, great talk. He talks about advice from Steve Austin about CM Punk trying to be a heel while he has cerebral palsy, which that's got to be an uphill battle for, for somebody like that. This week, I have a very underrated interview with PJ Black, the former Justin Gabriel. It, it, he uh, divulges some real information about Ring of Honor and Sinclair flying the whole roster in to get their input on things and implementing changes. It is well worth a watch. Um, Jay Lane said, Vince Russo looked so bad from Dark Side of the Ring. I don't think so. I thought Vince Russo actually conducted himself very well on Dark Side of the Ring, all things considered. I thought he was pretty accepting that his idea was bad. As we wrap up this show in connection with that, Jimmy, I didn't think there was a lot in Dark Side of the Ring, Brawl for All, that I didn't really put in my feature. But when I interviewed Vince for that feature, like four years ago, he said, ah, I'm going to regret this, but you need to interview Bruce Pritchard about this. He was like, you're going to, he's going to bury me, but I'm, but you need to talk to him about this. And I did, and Bruce did bury him. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, the only thing I liked about that whole concept is that it was supposedly created because Russo wanted to see JBL get knocked out. Uh, and any wrestling fan that thinks that JBL is a dick, I can appreciate that concept. Mm-hmm. But uh, aside from that, what a bad idea. So many guys got hurt, uh, you know, derailed Dr. Death's potential. It was just a really bad idea. Guys, thank you all so much. Your support means a lot to us. We are here after Raw, after SmackDown, after every pay-per-view, and after NXT and AEW. Until next time, we're out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.